fire. Bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. everyone and welcome along once again to Rugby League's finest, Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, sponsored and supported as always by our friends at Betfred. This, would you believe, is our 50th edition of the podcast. Thanks to all of you for your support <laughs> from day one. <laughs> as, ever, <Yahoo! it's> good... <laughs> as ever, it's good to have you and Steve-O along for another ride. So, Steve-O, a landmark edition this and what a flipping week. Such a lot to get through. Starting, Steve-O, with the first coaching casualty of the season. Richard Agar has left the Leeds Rhinos, but I must say he went with dignity this week, didn't he? Certainly did, and I'm glad that he pulled the plug rather than Leeds say, you're not good enough. I am so pleased at the way that he's handled himself. He's a perfect gentleman. We know he's a damn fine coach. Simple as that. And he made it quite clear that he thought that they needed a new voice. In other words, that he'd lost the players. And good luck to him. I wish him all the best for the future. But who is going to take over? Richard has said they need a new voice. Well, I've heard all these people have applied for it. I think there's about a dozen have said that, that, that is, they're in for it and this, that and the other. But the trouble is, they're not new voices, are they? No, let's go down the list because, and, and I think, you know, Richard is going to have some say in who takes over from him because it has been announced this week by Gary Hetherington that uh, Agar will stay on at the club in some as yet unnamed capacity. Now, that could easily be director of rugby. And if that's the case, Richard will have a big voice himself in who takes over. Well, they've made that quite clear, Leeds. And, and I know that Richard told me that this was going to be his final coaching situation at Leeds and he was going to go upstairs that is not an exclusive that has been known for quite some time now so whoever they select he probably has to have a little bit of a say in the fact I would think so I mean at, at the moment Jamie Jones Buchanan is the interim head coach which I presume means that we won't be seeing JJB on Sky for the foreseeable future but let's wait and see uh, the other candidates that have come out uh, this week, Danny Ward, who of course is a former Leeds player. He left London Broncos last year. He's been looking for a new job ever since. Ellery Hanley, uh, Kevin Sinfield himself, Danny Maguire, Sean Wayne, and a couple of candidates from Australia, as I've read, Shane Flanagan, and the hot favourite that they're tipping down under, Steve-O, Ryan Carr, the former Featherstone coach. He took Fev to the million-pound game when he worked there, and he worked with Richard Agar. And for uh, the last uh, 
few seasons or a couple of seasons he's been at Parramatta coaching the New South Wales Cup team. Is 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 Ryan Carr the man that you would tip? I think you'd have to say spot on, mainly due to the fact what we're, what we're just talking about that they need a new voice, and he's certainly a new voice there. Okay, is he's, he's got a, a damn fine CV. And it wouldn't surprise me if they go for it. Well, those names that I've mentioned, I don't think any of them have actually thrown their hat into the ring. It's come from media speculation. But uh, Ryan Carr is certainly the hot tip in Australia. Steve-O, when, when Super League clubs part company with their coach, do they have to look down under? I think they have to, Eddie. I think you've got to... Look, we can't avoid the fact that the, the NRL is a damn fine product. And from that product, you get good coaches. We've done it for years. We've seen so many Australians come over here. And the most amazing thing is that most of the Australians that have come over the last, say, 30 years has been the fact that they were only reserve great coaches. I think um, I think the Wigan coach, John Money, was the one and only coach that was actually coaching first team down under. I'm just concerned for the wannabe British coaches who would love a crack at Super League. The assistant coaches here, why they want to be a head coach, by the way, I don't know. Because as, as an assistant, okay, you're not on the big money, but you have got a job for life. That aside, I'm just concerned the wannabe British coaches are not getting a chance. Well, it's difficult to sort of analyse that sort of situation. I know that way back in the 60s and 70s, when I was playing, the first grade coach would pick someone who offered no threat. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it, it was a case of, well, I know he's not as good as me, so I'll make him a reserve grade coach. Of course, that's all changed now. And the interaction between Australia and the UK uh, has been going on for quite some time. And let's face it, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the overseas, especially from New Zealand as well, a lot of the overseas coaches that came up have been very, very successful. So you can't sort of say that Leeds will just deny anybody from down under. No, I understand that. I understand that. Whoever takes over, Steve, whoever it is, comes into a pressure cooker situation because Gary Hetherington himself has said Leeds is one of the most demanding jobs in Super League. And for goodness sake, this year, they have never been out of the spotlight. So I'm sure that didn't help all the Leeds fans being able to sort of, because uh, everyone that's a rugby league fan would be saying, criticising and saying, oh, Leeds are down in the dumps, oh, their players are no good and this, that and the other. It's lovely, especially with this, uh, well, you know, shall we say the media. The media gets involved and boy, oh boy, you've just mentioned all those former coaches. Uh, perhaps none of them have actually made an approach to Leeds. Maybe they have, I don't know, but I doubt it. Well, this is it. This is it. All right. That was one shock for 2022. The other came about hours earlier when Toulouse, the unthinkable, they beat top of the table, all conquering St. Helens. Now, we said last week when Catalan beat Wigan, that was the result of the season. This, Steve-O, Toulouse beating Saints <laughs> is the result of the century. Uh, I, was, I was shocked. In fact, I was that shocked. I had to, I had to open a bottle of wine and <laughs> to sort of set, settle myself down. And talking of settling things down, boy, Toulouse, they have thrown one heck 
of a curveball to all those clubs at the bottom of the Super League table. Now, before, everyone, including myself, was saying there's no way in the world to lose will perhaps win a game the entire season. They lost some of their better players, but boy, they have come back with a bounce. And let's not forget that Wigan only beat them with a one-point drop goal down in Toulouse. So those clubs who are nestling in the bottom half of Super League, they will not relish now going down to the south of France. Well, they won't. And Christian Wolf, the St. Helens coach, is quoted as saying he was surprised and disappointed by casual St. Helens. They were well off the mark. And they were well off the mark. This is a, an amazing statistic. They've conceded 28 points. That's all in five games so far this year. They go to Toulouse, they concede 22. 22 <laughs> in one match. Incredible. Incredible. I'll tell you what uh, didn't surprise me, though, after sort of analysing things. This is a good kick up the backside that the coach and the St. Helens players need because I was one of them. Would they go through the entire season without being beaten? A lot of people were saying that. They were just so dominant throughout the start of this Super League season. And now there's a little bit of a wobble on. And that could be a good advantage for the Saints because then they say, right, uh, we obviously didn't prepare ourselves well mentally, physically, yes. Mentally, perhaps no. But they've got that out of the way now. They didn't want, St. Helens didn't want to have a result like that when they're coming up to, say, um, the Challenge Cup final or the playoffs of Super League. Get that out of the way. Good kick up the backside. Sometimes they need it. Well, they, to be fair to them, never spoke about going through the season unbeaten. We all did, of course. We've all been tipping that. <laughs> well, no we question. always do. That's, that's, that's yeah, our job, we do. Eddie. That's our job. That is our job. It is our job. But I, I've, I've been thinking, I mean, I know Saints lost twice, I think, in 2019 to the London Broncos uh, in Super League when they went to London with an understrength side. Honestly, looking back to 1996, I cannot remember a more seismic result than this. To lose, seemingly, allegedly, gone, done, busted for the year, beating the team, sitting 100% at the top. Can you? I can't remember anything like this before. No, you're right. And you're old enough to know about all those things, Eddie. <laughs> you've, you've been around. But uh, I think what will shake some of the uh, the other clubs down down in the doldrums of the Super League table is the fact that this is not just a fluke, is it? Because they could have beaten Wigan. Remember, Wigan only, only got that field goal to make sure that they won by one point. So this is not just a one-off. It could have been a two-off. And as I say, all, all those clubs will be frightened to get on that plane and go down and play in Toulouse. It's a wake-up call for Leeds and Castleford who are down there on two points with them. We will see how it all progresses. Um, now, look, um, the other big talking point of the week so far, Will Price of Huddersfield. He gets a 10-match ban for a dangerous throw on Connor Wynn against Hull. Wasn't it a dangerous throw? It was a shocker. And the lad, 19, he's going to have to take his medicine, I'm afraid. 
Yeah, and I uh, look, he'll realise what he did was wrong. It was exceptionally dangerous. Thankfully, right, Conor Wynn got up from that tackle. It could have been worse. It could have been someone in a wheelchair or even even more drastic than that. And I think the 10-game ban has made it quite clear to all the players and all the coaches, you just cannot do these things on the field of play. I think that was an accident, Steve-O, to be fair. I don't think it was a, a deliberate act. It was a, it was a mistimed, badly organised tackle. I don't think he went out, lift Conowin in such a manner and bang him down on his neck. No, I, I agree. I can't really believe that. No, no, no. I, I agree. It was one of those things where... You know, your adrenaline going through, you're pumped up at this, that, and the other. It was just that, you know, to turn him round and then drive him to the ground, uh, it, it, it's dangerous. And uh, I know quite a few people who have had tackles like that, and they're in the wheelchair. Uh, and nasty. and, I, and I, I just shivered when I, I saw the highlights of that. And I, I'm thinking, as you said, Eddie, you know, this is a lesson, not just for price but from everyone who is playing the game of rugby league at any level don't do that no it it, it was it was a horror a horror tackle but uh, he is one of five players suspended this week leeds zane tetivano mitchell pierce of catalan they've got two matches each brad martin uh, two for the high shot on uh, willie isa and fair play to isa he didn't complain he bounced straight back up jack hughes of warrington also uh, is suspended for the challenge cup this week now, Wigan beat Castleford, helped by that red and the yellow cards in their game. No quarrel with Brad Martin's red. What about Ma- um, Mane Fanua's uh, tackle, Steve-O? The, the late challenge. I mean, he couldn't pull out of that. I think he was harshly treated. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I was surprised that he, he got the yellow card. Um, but they're only human. They can make mistakes, and obviously they did. And it's interesting to note that all the coaches are meeting up to sort of sort out this, shall we say, heavy-handed disciplinary clampdown. These coaches who are experienced, they want to know what's happening. Well, I tell you what's happening. Just look at the disciplinary committee saying... How long do we have to keep doing this for you coaches and players to stop head-eye tackles? To stop bringing back the biff? It's just, I, I just can't believe that they've, oh, we need to have a meeting. Why do they have to have a meeting? Just look at the videotapes of every single one of those that have got two, three, and a ten-match suspension. What do they want to talk about? Well, they want to talk about the protocol, I think. That's what they want to talk about. The protocol's there, Eddie. They've, t- they've proved it with giving them out 10 matches. Now, if that doesn't send a shiver down every player's back, I don't know what will. And I'm saying, what are they going to do? And just say, right, uh, in effect, all us coaches, we want you to, we want to find out what's happening with referees. Why are you clamping down? And I'm thinking, do they have to be taken into a room to be explained what's happening it's out there on <laughs> on the television that's all you got to do is watch that this is the reason it's a clampdown we don't want to bring back the biff no we don't but the fact of the matter is while Castleford suffered with the yellow card on Mahe Fanua 
I, three tries were run in by Wigan. We've already said it was a harsh yellow. It's a referee's interpretation. I understand that. We've already said it was harsh yellow. Once he came back, even though Martin was sent off later on, the game was done. Done and dusted and finished. And there's your problem. Yeah, well, it, it, it's human beings, isn't it? That is one, one occasion where they got it wrong, right? What about all those people that have been suspended since the start of this season? Did the disciplinary committee get that wrong? No. You've got one instance whereby the referee made a mistake as against all the others that have been suspended. Did they say, oh, it was a mistake? Look, Rugby Union have addressed this situation a few years ago. Anything, anything that looks like over the shoulder, they get penalised. Simple as that. They've had to accept it, so why can't our game of Rugby League accept it? Okay, Steve-O, look, we'll park our conversation there for just a couple of minutes because I've got the one and only Barry McDermott waiting to talk to us. At the weekend, Baz was crowned the king of the dance floor at a special event held at Headingley in aid of the Motor Neurone Disease Charity. It was a Strictly Come Dancing special, and Barry only went off and waltzed away with the glitter ball first prize. Fab you lus. Tell us all about it. <laughs> I had no idea what that theme music was till about uh, three months ago. <laughs> we had an absolutely brilliant night. And um, yeah, the, the the phone call came just before Christmas. And um, um, I, it was a text, sorry, I'll correct myself. It was a text from, from Robin Lindsay. Uh, what are you doing on the 19th of March? And like a fool, I went, nothing without the most important question why and, she went, and, and they were oh we were going to put this uh, Strictly Come Dancing thing we want you to do it and I said oh my god can't I run seven marathons in seven days or 101 miles in 24 hours and <laughs> is there anything else I can do so so no three months of um, I'd have to say graft because the first and the first, you know better than me Ed Dancing's just a completely different thing, and the coordination you need, the 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 attention to detail. Because in our job, most of the time we're just making it up, aren't we? We have our <laughs> we have our reference, but we're just making it up. But that had to really apply myself. So, in summary, I really really enjoyed the night itself. Although it was after midnight when I actually got on. So, oh blind, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Um, late late night. Listen, they, they always ask on. Strictly when it all finishes. Are you going to carry on dancing, Baz? Are you going to get Jenny up on the floor anytime soon? Well, I um, unfortunately, I officially announced my retirement from competitive <laughs> dancing. I've had a word with my agent, and they reckon it's best to just go out of the top. <laughs> Very wise. The thing that I've got to um, sort out now is it's, it's the opposite to you, actually. My hair is jet black now, and I have to try and get it back to the salt and pepper that I normally have. Because <laughs> Jenny, as you know, is hairdresser, and, and she she put the semi permanent um, Michael Jackson jet black colour on my hair. That's um, right, because you you danced a yeah. thriller, didn't you? That which yeah. coincidentally is is Rob Burrows' favourite song. Yeah, he's a big Michael Jackson fan. Obviously, everybody who knows Rob knows that about him. And I I wanted to do something that was special for him. As soon as I as soon as I agreed to do it, I wanted I wanted it to be just for him, special for him. So 
he's been mithering me for for weeks. Can I have a video? Let me see what you're up to. And I kept knocking him back, knocking him back. And even on the day when we turned up to do our little run through, our little captain's run on the dance floor, um, he was there. And I said, no, you need to go. You can't see what I'm dancing to. And um, jo- Joanne, his sister, sent me a lovely little video of when I first walked in and I started doing all the all the thriller routine, all the thriller moves. So so yeah, I'll I'll, I'll keep that on my phone and enjoy that forever. I bet you will. Now the the aim obviously was not only to um, to get you on the dance floor, but was to raise a lot of money for MND. Your aim, yeah. your specific aim, was seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven pounds for obvious reasons. Um, how much was raised in the end, and how much did you get? Well, the target was hundred grand for for Joanne and Claire, his, his sisters, and I, and I, I don't think they're too far away from that. Wow! Um, I asked I asked them for an updated figure. They were over seventy something, and they still had some some stuff to come in. Um, and and as you know, the people connected with Rob are always really really generous. The people that, that hear his story and and um, and just connect with him really because he's that type of lad. So mine mine ended up being nine and a bit. Um, so, so I, you know, I'd be delighted to get somewhere near my number, somewhere near ten. But I've I've done now. I'm I'm fed up of begging and asking people for money and time and for them to do things for free. So, so I might. Um, what I might do is I might look at me, um, me Michael Jackson thriller coat, which was actually the best fitting coat I've ever bought in my life. <laughs> we bought it, we bought it on the internet from China, and I'm I'm thinking of keeping it. Actually, I'm thinking of wearing it on a night out Jenny's not so keen but um, yeah I think I might do something with that and try and earn a, a bit more and, and, and finish on, on 10 if I can good oh why don't you wear it on a Thursday or a Friday night on the telly I mean that, that, well, would, that would yeah. really put the tin lid on it wouldn't it yeah O'Connor's already been on o- O'Connor's got it all planned <laughs> now although although he was full of it, Ed. We, we know him don't we he was full of it yeah. he was Mickey taking lie you wouldn't believe until after the event, and he and he watched it, and obviously, I, I'm a rugby lad, and I'm a I'm a, a competitive so and so, and the sportsmen in me were like, right, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it proper, and if I'm going to do it proper, I'm going to go and I'm going to win, which I've been telling them for weeks. I keep, uh, him and Carney have been giving me. I've been saying, you'll be laughing on the other side of your face when I walk in with the trophy, and sure as eggs is eggs, I've got the trophy now, so I'm looking forward to seeing the the smile upside down on their faces. Excellent. Well, t- take it into the studio and ensure that it is sat there on the desk when when yeah. next you're in. That that's that's Absolutely. a must. Listen, talking about that, did, they, they must have sent a camera there. Surely they must have wanted to to feature you. Yes, there is a there is a link, and I think there's a donation where you can watch. And it went on for hours, and not not because it was a long night, because it was boring. There was just so much stuff. Dan Walker, who was on Strictly, did a did a. An exhibition with Nadia, his 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 partner, his dance partner, and then Rob's daughter did a routine, and you know there was so much going on, and um, we had four tables, friends and family, and and and, and Tez was was there with he, with his family, and they had a, a, a thoroughly enjoying night. Even I've even got a video of Tez dancing, and he hadn't had a drop; he was driving, and he was up <laughs> dancing. So so there must have been something in the air. Um, I think you've so, inspired yeah, the, him. You inspired him. Oh, oh, without a doubt, he doesn't like he doesn't like me having anything that he hasn't got. So yeah, you 
you see what happens next. <laughs> so go on, there is a link and people can donate yeah. on this link as well, can yeah. they? I'm sure. I think I think it's a fiver and you get and you get obviously the the link and you can watch the full night, the full four hours or whatever it was. So so they're, they're gonna keep going and keep raising money, but it's out there, Ed. And like everyone keeps saying to me, is there any video evidence of this dance? And it's absolutely everywhere. So the more, I'm not going to be escaping this one for a while, I don't think. Good, good. And you, you, your partner, no broken toes, no? No, Dawn was great. I'm, I'm really lucky. There's a dance school in, in Oldham, well, Shaw, actually, where Yestin Harris is, is born and bred, uh, called Mad for Dance, and they were fantastic with me. And uh, Dawn, for every one lesson we had, we sort of did another two where me and her just met and just, just kept, kept going over it and over it for an hour so Dawn were really good no she 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 was thrilled to bit she enjoyed it as much as anybody and she's a competitive dancer so so yeah she's she's got no broken toes and no after effects of dancing with me brilliant brilliant look um I can't let you go uh, without just talking a little bit of rugby league to you before we get back to Steve-O what about this win for Toulouse on Saturday against St Helens where's well, that come from well, I did pick it actually, and I'm not being no, no, know, I'm no, not being a smarty part. I did honestly. <laughs> I, I said to, uh, and, and I was with John Wilkin. Um, we were on a commentary for a match, and I said, "Do you know? Do you know who's going to beat uh, St Helens? It's going to be themselves that beat that end up being the the reason that they've lost. They'll get to one of those lower end sides, and they'll not apply themselves because every time they need to step forward, every time they need to produce the goods." they're better than anybody else and, and I think it's a desperate shame we don't have the World Club Challenge yet because I think Me too. I, I'm certain I'm certain they would have beaten Penrith because they're such a good side they play at such a high intensity in defence which is what the game is based on over in Oz um, I think they'd have won but I did say to Wilco I said you know I can see Toulouse being the game that they that they don't get the win because I reckon they'll rest a lot of players and they had a couple of suspensions as well and they'll just go over there and think it's a formality and it's not it's not that they've got a poor attitude or anything like that it's just human nature you just you just can't keep that level of focus and concentration up for you know for, for nine ten months whatever the Super League season is so so yeah I'm, I'm pleased for Toulouse I am a I am a big banger of the drum of Toulouse and Catalan and, and, and those two French sides I'm delighted that they're both in we're not quite there yet are we we're still working it all out and trying to work out how to get the best of it um, I wish we'd have made some little rule and I heard you and Steve-O discussing it at the beginning of the year I wish they'd have made a rule and safeguarded Toulouse because the first season is always the hardest so just like Catalan did I wish they'd have given three years grace just to to put those foundations in to, to make sure they're not in and out like we've seen with Celtic Crusaders and Toronto and some of these other sides I know I know it's, it will be a shame if they go down but hey that this who knows what this win will do for them look we, we could we could talk for hours about this next topic I want you just to, to deal with it briefly we've got this meeting with the RFL and the clubs this week about the disciplinary crackdown if you can just briefly and I know it's a, a hell of a, a topic briefly sum up your view about the way things have gone so far because I know you're not happy no it is my view but I reckon I've got a good voice I, I reckon I've got a good base of, of people I obviously talk to everybody at the elite level I've got still got 
players in the game playing that are coached. I've got friends who are coaches and, and everybody around. And, it, you know, I, get, I regularly am involved at, at grassroots level on, 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 on weekends with my amateur club. Nobody's happy. Nobody's enjoying where they are at the minute. And unfortunately, there's probably 70, 80, 90%. It could be that high that look at it and say, I just don't like what it looks like. It's just not right. You're rewarding um, players who try and con the system and, and fake it. And I don't like that. I never have. And what you're doing is you're making it really difficult for, for referees to try and use their interpretation on understanding of field for a game. Some of them can feel a game. Some of them can, and they just hide behind the black and white of the rules. But I think what we've got to do is just say, right, that is a penalty. And, and at the minute, we've got a yellow card, a red card, and not much in between. And, and what I'd like to see is one before the yellow card, one after the yellow card in between yellow and red, and just try and create something that's a little bit better to watch. There are some people that say, you know, we, we're going in the right direction and we're going the way that union is. And I think we've got to come away from that. We couldn't be any further different than Union. And let's celebrate that. Let them do what they're doing. I watched the England-Ireland game, Ed, where in the first 83 seconds, a man got, got sent off for, for what I could see was just unavoidable. Unavoidable. So so let's come a different way from them. Let's let's try and separate themselves, ourselves away from them and be who we are. And that's a physical collision, high-contact sport. And if it's a red card, it's a red card. Send them off like they did in the Catalan wedding game. Fair enough. Always great to get your view, Barry. Always uh, lovely to talk to you, of course. Uh, next challenge, what is it? Um, to stay sober this week while you're um, in your sumptuous Spanish villa? Um, well, that could be a challenge in itself. I'm just enjoying <laughs> a little bit of sun. I've had to, do you know what? I've had to actually come in because it's, it's just getting a little bit tingly on my shoulders at the minute. So I need oh, to apply some more sun cream. So no, just having a break. Looking forward to the to the cup this weekend. I think I'll go and watch the Rhinos and see what that produces because because it's interesting times up at Edinburgh at the minute. Isn't but it? in regards Isn't to challenges, um, I look at something at the end of the year. I know I know um, the OBE has got something planned, so I'll see what I can do to help Kevin and maybe even do one do one um, in between them. But yeah, just having a rest for a minute, letting my toes. And my heels and my Achilles calm down because my God, them Cuban heels <laughs> they do some damage. <laughs> I bet they're walking on stilts. <laughs> Barry, ju just give us your just giving page details if anyone wants to get onto it and donate to you yourself and get you over that ten thousand pound. Well, it, it's just giving. Uh, Barry McDermott just giving and my um, Rob Burrow one is Barry McDermott Dancing Queen I thought you'd like that Ed love it love it you're the Dancing Queen of rugby oh league. yeah God I've embraced lots of new things in the last couple of years Ed and this has been uh, it's been a real highlight I've enjoyed it but I'm glad to put it in the box and move on and do something different so uh, thanks for your support Ed and uh, give my love to the beast I will I will we'll be talking to him in a, a few seconds always good to talk Baz and uh the Dancing Queen. Barry, the Dancing Queen. Remember that. Thanks for talking to us, Baz. <laughs> Cheers, pal. ta -da. So, well done to Barry McDermott. A truly fantastic performance. He's already had a call, Steve-O, from Tess Daly to join the next series <laughs> of Strictly. Uh, he actually featured on the ITV morning show Lorraine this week as well. Uh, you know, he was mentioned by Lorraine on national telly. This is a great achievement for him. You know, he's a big lad. He's a big prop forward. 
He's light on his feet, though. It was a fantastic performance. Two of them got 50 out of 50 points. So they were faultless as well, two of the, two of the other contestants, okay? Barry got 51. Somebody give him 11 out of 10. He doesn't do anything by halves, Barry. He does not do anything by halves. There's one thing I know about Barry. He would have given 110% because that's what he got, 11 out of 10. So 110% (laughs) to ensure that he won. He's one of the most competitive people I have ever, ever experienced. Absolutely. And he's come home with the glitter ball, which I hope we'll see on uh, on telly uh, very shortly. Listen, talking about all this um, reality TV, didn't you get a call to join I'm a Celebrity? Get me out of here some time ago. Is that right? Or were you pulling my leg? Uh, well, uh, that's new to me, Eddie. Um, <laughs> you I'm... told me. You told <laughs> Listen, me you had the call. <laughs> oh, that was many, many years ago, Eddie. Uh, the reason why I turned it down, Eddie, is uh, I'm frightened of spiders. Oh, now they then. Scare me to, they scare me to death. <laughs> anyway, well done, Baz. It was a fantastic, a fantastic effort. Right, back to the to the game itself. We've talked about the coaches meeting this week. We've talked about the clampdown again. Uh, let's have a look at what's happening in Australia. Uh, talking about clampdowns and bans, Jackson Hastings banned. Um, Michael Maguire under pressure. I wonder if there's another name going to Leeds. Michael Maguire. Um, Ex-Hull star Albert Kelly impressing at Brisbane. Josh Hodgson, another knee injury. Is that the end of Josh Hodgson, steve Sadly, I think that might be the case. Uh, This will be his third knee operation for the ACL. And I'm not right sure whether... Look, he he leaves uh, Canberra at the end of this season, joins the Parramatta Eels for the 2023 season. Um, I'm not so sure maybe Parramatta will be all that uh, sort of keen to perhaps keep him on that contract. I mean, he's 32 years of, of age now. Uh, he's a fantastic player. He gives 100%, always has done. And that's the reason why the Eels wanted to sign him, because they they still thought that he had something to give into the game of rugby league. But when you look at having a third knee operation on your ACL at 32 years of age, I hope he can get through it. I really do. Because he's that type of character. If there's anybody that could say, right, I can beat this and get back to full fitness, is Josh Hodgson. I, I just wonder if it's a blow to England's hopes because Josh Hodgson would surely have been a contender for the hooking role in the World Cup, wouldn't he? I, I would have suggested so, yes. I, I'm sure that uh, Sean Wayne uh, would have penciled him in because of the experience. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they perhaps may have given uh, given him even the vice-captaincy. Uh, anything else in Australia that's caught your eye? As I say, uh, Albert Kelly is impressing, isn't he? And uh, and what about uh, Michael Maguire? Do you think do you think there's a possibility he'll get on the plane and come back up to the Northern Hemisphere? Well, who knows? Because uh, he's under a lot of pressure there at West Tigers. Um, but Tim Sheens, uh, as we all know, is uh, is in charge of the football organisation, and he's made it quite clear yesterday that there's no pressure on Maguire that we will still keep him it's just that they just have not been hitting the high spots I mean they they got hammered at Newcastle 26 to 4 and something that has come out of that they're not they're not playing well they haven't they haven't had a win this season and 
evidently someone has spotted two of the West Tigers players was in one of the largest pubs in Newcastle uh, after 10 o'clock not drinking but playing the poker machines now <laughs> the club has said um, well there's nothing really uh, in that you know what he wanted to do to spend it but a lot of the West exactly. a lot of the West supporters said well shouldn't they be locked up in, in, in bed or whatever after 10 o'clock uh, we don't know who was taking this video but it's quite obvious and, and the club has said look uh, Dane Laurie and James Roberts uh, we don't feel they're doing anything wrong uh, of course they were may, well maybe they, they won the jackpot maybe that's <laughs> jealousy jealousy yeah, it's a you great never, song jealousy you, you never never know but uh, <laughs> also don't. that caught my eye Eddie is um, this centre Farmworth I mean oh it, yes he's, he's in top form for the, the Brisbane Broncos yeah he's got two good tries in the win over Canterbury and I'm just sort of the one thing all the publicity in, in Australia is will this will this pom as they call us Will this pommy be selected by Sean Wayne and be brought into the England squad for the World Cup? And why not? It's, I mean, he's a very, very classic player. He is, and if he's if he's ripping it up in Australia, I'm sure that he is on the radar for the England coach. Uh, look, before we go, uh, we've got a couple of uh, sad uh, pieces of news to reflect upon. Um, first of all, David Stephen, David Stevenson, the former. At Wigan and Great Britain Centre. He sadly passed away in the last week. And our old friend Dave Hadfield, the uh, independent rugby league correspondent, uh, he has gone as well. Now, I know you've got some stories about Dave Hadfield, haven't you? I certainly have. But first of all, you know, uh, rest in peace, David Stevenson. Indeed. What a fine player. He was extremely classy. Um, he had a, a beautiful way he could just sort of sidestep and then he had a, a wonderful dummy and he was a difficult man to stop but yeah uh, it, it's been a sad week um, as you mentioned Dave Hatfield uh, a very close friend of mine um, a wonderful journalist and had a sense of humour that was um, unique I think I have to say that I can remember when he came on our we did a charity walk from uh, from the east coast all the way across to the west coast and after the first two days he, he just said I, I don't think I can do it uh, I pulled him to one side and I said look uh, we don't have to race you know that it's not a race we can take our time and I've looked we, we couldn't obviously we couldn't go on the motorway we had to go on the A roads or B roads uh, to get through and I said to him, I've checked out. There's over 50 pubs, David, um, on <laughs> our trek. And I said, maybe we could just pop in and have a, the odd ale from time to time. And he looked at me, he, he ruffled his beard and said, do you know I feel a lot better already? <laughs> <laughs> he was, a, he yeah. was a great man, a great man. A great character, he really was. And a, and a wonderful, wonderful writer. Um, he's written books and he's, of course, been in the the independent as well. He worked with us on Sky Sports, uh, didn't he, as well, of choosing the man of the match. I will never forget the day at Odsall, uh, Bradford against Hull. Um, we went down to him for his man of the match award. Sean Briscoe had scored four tries and we looked at each other and thought, this is it. Sean Briscoe's going home with the man of the match award. It was a TSO watch in those days, as I remember. So it was a decent prize. And he gave it 
he gave the man of the match to the Kiwi hooker, Richard Swain. He got it. And we looked at each other and, and we couldn't believe what we just heard. Listen, Dave could pick out someone who worked really hard. And the hooker obviously worked very, very hard. <laughs> he, <laughs> but, he must have worked hard that say, day. If a bloke goes four tries, <laughs> you've got to give it this man of the match. But, and that's how it was. Listen, uh, it, when he... When he wrote anything in the papers, in magazines or whatever, um, he never told a porky pie. He was always truthful. Yeah, very honest bloke. And he, he obviously honestly thought that the hooker, Richard Swain, won the watch that day, and he did. Uh, so rest in peace, David Stevenson and the great writer, Dave Hadfield. Uh, right, Steve-O, this is, this is a milestone edition. This is the 50th edition of Eddie and Steve-O the podcast. Now, I've got a bottle here uh, and I am now going to open it and I'm going to pop a cork to you and our podcast. Here we go. There we are. There we are. The corks are out, Steve-O. Cheers, old boy. Cheers. Never mind cheers. You've got, you've got the damn bottle. I've got nothing down here. You've got a nice bottle of Prosecco somewhere. You're a Prosecco man. I'm a champagne boy. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, you've always been posh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, 51 next week. We'll see you then. Take care. <laughs>